Awesome. So um, technology is working. My clock is working. I got my notes. You know, it could be a great time. All right. So the spirit is working. Happy New Year. You know, I told Jeanette. Uh, that uh, we're now in our second year in Vermont, 2016, 2017. And she said, you know, you always round things up. It's only really been four and a half months. And I said, okay, but um, 2016, technically. Anyways, um, you know, and I've been studying uh, the Bible, which is a good thing. And uh, I've been reflecting on, on gifts that I've received, you know, and thinking about those sorts of things. You know, and sometimes you get a gift and it's really precious, you know, and you really like it. Like I have a gift that uh, my daughter made me for me a year or two ago for Christmas. I said, you know, she loves to knit. I said, can you knit me a hat, you know, one that like goes down over my ears really good. And I thought, you know, because when I run, it's sometimes nice to have your ears warm. And um, so I got it. And I used it maybe once or twice until I moved to Vermont. And now I use it every day. So this has become a very precious gift to me. You know, I I look at it and I think of Katie. You know, some of you met Katie last week. And uh, so it's a good reminder, a good thinking back of of those memories, you know, things about her. And the fact that she's willing to make me a hat that keeps my ears warm every single day now. I really do appreciate that, you know. And this morning I want to talk about a gift that God's given us, you know, to disciples and wants to freely give to anybody who's willing to listen uh, to him and follow him. And that gift is the Holy Spirit. So it's the, uh, I like to call it, it's the gift that keeps on giving. Yeah. You know, isn't that exciting? You know, it says, uh, let's see here, let Trying to not be that guy who looks up here all the time, but uh, I may be that guy. You know, therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. So when we got baptized, we were baptized into the name uh, of the Holy Spirit. You know, and, and it goes on in Acts, it says, you know, after you have repented and were baptized, then you uh, will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now, you know, it's a gift for us, even if we don't have things all together, you know, amen. Uh, I mean, amen, especially if we don't have things all together. You know, you may not be able to just figure things out, you know, and and, you know, sometimes it's the budget doesn't balance. My budget didn't balance this month. I had to say I'm not doing some of these things. You know, sometimes the kids are in a rough place. If you have kids, they will be in a rough place sometime, probably many times. Um and you don't know how to help them. I, I can feel that uh, sometimes, even though my children are adults. You know, sometimes my friends aren't as reliable as I want them to be. You know, I'm holding my friends in mass accountable. They said, I'll come and visit me in Vermont. And they all, most all of them, actually almost all of them lied. And so I'm holding them responsible to repent, you know, of those lies. That they, now, it's, now it's become, uh, well, we'll see you when it's warm again. It's like, I'm great. Thanks a lot. <laughs> and you see what God did to them this, this last week. They got snowed on and we didn't. <laughs> I will remind them of that for sure. You know, and, and I think sometimes trying, for us to try and get our heads around God, you know, God is, is big. I and mean, that's, that's even understandable. God is amazingly big. Uh, you know, we, we used to sing with the kids, my God is so big, so strong and so mighty, there's nothing my God cannot do. Ooh, ooh, right? And you know, God is, is huge, you know. Uh, he's beyond understanding. You know, sometimes they think 
that maybe I, I got a glimpse of God. Like, I, I get it, you know, God's my Father, you know, and Jesus, and, you know, I, I've got a lot in the Gospels to help me about Jesus. And I start to think I can get my head wrapped around that. And then when I start thinking about the Holy Spirit, I go, oh, but, but I don't really have a good clue about the Holy Spirit. Right. You know, it's, uh, it's really hard for me to get my, my head wrapped around that, you know, and try to understand what is this gift that God has decided to give me, to give every one of us. You know, you've already got the gift. If you're a disciple of Jesus, you've already got the equivalent of your wonderful hat in the Holy Spirit. And sometimes it's just knowing, figuring out when it is that I should use this gift, or how do I use it, or when do I use it, how do I apply it. I've already got it. You know, I don't have to go look for a hat. You know, when they come up, you know, get a hat at L.L.B. and I can say, no, thank you. I've already got my gift. I'm good, right? And the same with us with the Holy Spirit. You've already got the Holy Spirit. Let's figure out how we're going to take hold and let's get our minds around the, the gift. Now, so it's small print. It's Galatians 5.16. It's really more to help you look up in your Bible, I guess, at this point. But, you know, there's this conflict going. You know, spirit on one side, uh, sinful nature. I don't even want to say those words. I'm like, so I'm not saying those words, but... Um, you know, have you ever felt there's a conflict? You know, some people lighten it up and they imagine a little angel on your shoulder whispering good things in your ear. On the other side is a little devil in a devil suit telling you to do things that are not. You know, I think it's probably harder than that. You know, it's really the fact that they're in this constant conflict. You know, and what I noted here in Galatians, you know, Paul highlights this idea of, of number one, of living by the Spirit. You've got the Spirit in you. How do you live by it? And I think Larry was sharing some great stuff earlier on about that. But how do I let the Spirit really live in me? How do I not gratify the desires of the sinful nature? Has anybody ever had any desires of the sinful nature? Yeah. Yeah. You might call them temptations, you know, know, whatever you want to call them. And it's figuring out how do I not gratify those? How do I not... Uh, feed those? How do I not live by those things? You know, even he goes on and says we need to be led by the Spirit. Have you ever followed somebody? You know, um, we talked about that two weeks ago about followers and Twitter and following Jesus, right? But you know, we need to let the Spirit lead us. You know, not necessarily, not even by rules, you know, but by the Spirit of God. You know, um, you know, he talks even here in the Scripture, you see some fruits of the Spirit. Aren't they there? Right. Joy, love, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. See, there I am, that guy. I'm looking over my shoulder at the screen. But you know, those fruits of the Spirit. Now, can you have too much joy? Anybody, anybody here say, I'm, I'm done with joy. I've had too much of it. I'm over full. Or love. You know, uh, personally, I will always take a little more love and affection, right? I, I love it when God loves me that way. I love it when other people love me that way. It's encouraging, you know. You know, the Spirit is leading us to do the things where there is no limit, you know. And the only way we can be able to do that is if we decide that we're going to crucify the sin in our lives. We're just going to kill it. You know, and, and have you ever, well, hopefully you've never crucified anything. Have you ever just decided something had to go out, it, it was going to be destroyed? Yeah. You know, I remember a story my friend told me. Uh, he caught one of his children doing something on the Internet that they shouldn't do. And he was, he's not a disciple, but he, he just took their computer out and threw it in the trash can. 
just bam, gone. He, he crucified it. Now, I'm not saying that's how you might want to do it physically, but what I am saying is that's the mindset around sin, is that we'll just, you know, I have no time for sin in my life. I just want to crucify it. I want it to be gone. Amen. I want to have nothing to do with it. You know, it helps me, you know, even as here as he's, he's mentioning here at the end, here, he says, since we live by the Spirit, let's keep step with the Spirit. Now, have you ever tried to keep step with somebody else? Like when you go hiking? That's what breaks up most good running relationships is you can't keep up with each other. That's why, you know, that's why Yvonne doesn't want to run with me because he's a much faster runner. And, or maybe I just make him look good because if he runs at my pace, he'll come in with no sweat, you know, no, no, uh, nothing at all. You know, or even as you go out for a walk, you know, sometimes when you're walking with your wife or your husband, they might want to walk faster than you want to. And so that maybe causes some conflict. You know, even even in the army, you know, when you march, like it's you know, it's fun to see all these parades. When we were in the army, we had to march everywhere when I was, and uh, you have to march in formation, and you have to move your left foot at the same time everybody else moves their left foot. You know, not just in parades, but every single time you do it. And we even had you know songs about it, like you know, nine to the front, six to the rear. That's the way we do it here. That's your arm. That's the hand. It moves nine inches to the front, six inches to the rear. You know. <clears throat> Not that I'm recommending that. That's serious keeping in step. You know, so you've got the Holy Spirit inside of you, the Spirit of God, the Spirit that God gave you, that He's trying to help you crucify the sinful nature. He's trying to help you live by the Spirit. And He's trying to keep you in step. And maybe sometimes you're trying to keep Him in step. And sometimes you just have to give up. You know, like when you're singing or when you're marching or when you're running, sometimes you just have to give up and stay in step. You know, and just go where it's going. And it's free. I no longer, when I was in the army, I no longer had to think about how far to move my hand, as if I really thought about that. But, you know, it wasn't an issue anymore because they just gave it up and I stayed in step. And so it's what Jesus is calling us to do. What God is calling us to do is to stay in step with the Spirit. So I want to talk about some things I think will help us sort of put this into practice. Let's look over in John 14. There it is. So, you know, it's uh, in John 14 and verse 15, he says, I want to read this because it's good. It says, if you love me, you'll obey what I command. And I'll ask the father and he will give you another counselor to be with you forever. The spirit of truth. The word cannot the world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But, you know, him for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you before long. The world will not see me anymore, but you will see me because I live. You will all, you also will live on that day. You will realize that I am in the father and my father. and You are in me and I am in you. And then continuing in verse twenty five. All this, all this I have spoken while still with you, but the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything that I have said to you. Um, you know, it must have been incredible to be with Jesus for three years. You know, I mean, again, that's one of those big things. I say that and it, it was way more incredible than I can even imagine. You know, can you imagine, you know, the things they began with? They just didn't get it. You know, he said, why are you guys so stupid sometimes? You know, that's my paraphrasing. You know, why aren't you keeping up with me? I've got to go here. Stay in step, you know. And for a while, you know, but then 
You know, they sort of started to get it. You know, maybe they knew they weren't going to be able to really understand, but they could sort of see him coming. They could kind of expect it. And then just about the time they thought things were getting figured out, he tells them, well, you know, I'm going to have to die and then I'm leaving you. You know, I'm not going to be with you anymore. I'm going to send you uh, another counselor. I'm going to send you a spirit that's going to be with you uh, forever. And oh, by the way, you know, nobody around you is going to be able to see him or understand him. And uh, he's just going to live inside of you. And you and they went and we go, hmm, wow. Okay, is that really what it's going to be? You know, wouldn't you rather have somebody telling you what to do? Really? I mean, wouldn't it really be if somebody just every time you, you needed an answer, you just said, oh, Jesus, you know, I need an answer. Give me an answer right now. And you go, OK, here it is. Do this, this, this and this. And you go, OK, awesome. Thank you, Jesus. And I'm going to move on. You know, instead, he decided he told us it would be better. Uh, and that's what John 16 says, that it would be better if the Holy Spirit comes to replace him because he's going to guide you into all truth. You're going to have him there in your heart, on your mind, you know, leading you, taking you where, you know, where he wants you to go and is going to teach us all things and is going to remind us of everything that Jesus would have taught us. A counselor. It's amazing, right? I wouldn't have thought of that. But do you think, do you believe that you really have a counselor, a guide, someone who's with you in every circumstance, who's on your heart, who's trying to help you walk, he's trying to keep you in step. He's really that, that thing that Jesus decided he'd send to be with you. You've got that agent there helping you constantly walking along. You know, and, and that, aid, that counselor that uh, is calling us to, uh, to be in step, to live according to the Spirit. Now, just as an aside, uh, when you have time... You know, Romans 8 is a great chapter to read, you know, and uh, and so I'm going to talk a little bit about it. But this whole idea of living in, in accordance with the spirit, you know, I, I think about it, you know, have you ever you ever had like a hunch, you know, or just a thought or I call them a coincidence. Ever had a coincidence just was too, too much to believe. Yeah, <clears throat> couldn't. You know, so I, I've been studying for this this uh, lesson on the Holy Spirit, and uh, there was some material that was done in Boston over the fall. So I listened to some of the sermons. I was reading some of the material, and and I was getting ready for Christmas. I was up on a high ladder putting stuff on, and I heard my phone ring, and I went down and I I uh, I uh, saw who called, and I called him back, and it was the brother Fred Fowler who was doing the stuff in Boston. And you know, Fred and I are friends. You know enough that I have his phone number on my phone, but. I probably haven't talked to him in six months or a year, maybe. It's not like we're talk everyday friends. So he had uh, inadvertently pocket dialed me, like not even on purpose, you know. And so here I get a call from the person that I've been working through as materialist and from him. And uh, I got a chance to talk to him. And I thought that was that was a coincidence. Right. You know, and so I was able to ask him a few questions, you know, and he said, oh, you know, call me anytime. Let's let's make sure we stay in touch. And so I was down probably two weeks later visiting with a friend and we went to midweek. And so I got to sit with Fred. And, you know, why would I go to a midweek in a region I don't, I've never, I never, ever been to before? You know, it's like sometimes I think God, God gives us opportunities. He reminds us. He puts things in our lives. We go, how did that happen? You know, I look at that. Why, why am I in Vermont? You know, I mean, Ralph Elise has family here. You know, you're my family, right? You guys are my family. That's all I got here. Um, and uh, well, Jeanette's here, right? So she's family. But, you know, it's like I think I believe God has brought me here because I have something to learn. 
You know, the Holy Spirit wants to teach me something right now by being here. You know, perhaps there's something that I can I can share with you and that we're together in this. Right. right. God is doing that. It's not a coincidence. You know, you start to read verses that say he'll determine the exact places where you live and work. You know, do you believe that? You know, do you really believe that? How does he do that? How does God determine the exact places that all disciples will live and work? The Holy Spirit. He puts the Holy Spirit in you. He connects you. He gives you that if you're willing, if you're able to listen and live according to that spirit. Let's look at Romans 8 and verse 9. You, however, are controlled not by the sinful nature, but by the spirit. If the spirit of God lives in you, and if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he does not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, your body is dead because of sin, yet your spirit is alive because of righteousness. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who lives in you. That's important. He says, if you don't have the spirit, you do not belong to Christ. That's very important. This is an important thing. If If you don't have the spirit... You don't belong to Christ. And although I made a little aside earlier about it being a battle between the good angel and the bad angel, it's really not even a battle. It better not be a battle. It, we must be controlled by the Spirit. You, know, you can't be controlled by two things. Well, you, I mean, really can't. You can either be controlled by the Spirit, you can be controlled by the, the sinful nature. We've got to really allow ourselves to be controlled by the Spirit. You know, we've got to be able to listen to those voices, that encouragement, that discipling, that thing we read in the scripture. We've got to apply it to our lives and let it really have an impact. Let the spirit who is speaking to us continuously, forever, trying to get through my thick head. The spirit is there. I I looked at Jeanette a lot. When she gives me insight, input, I say, I should listen to this. She knows me pretty well. She knows the scriptures pretty well and speaks into my heart. Sometimes I need to listen to that. That's a very important voice in my life of the Holy Spirit. You know, and sometimes, you know, you, you meet people and they just, the Spirit's with them. It's like, my goodness, you know, how, how has that happened in their lives? How is this being an impact? You know, what's, you know, something's different, something I didn't expect, you know. Um, we don't always know how to describe it sometimes, but we know it when you see it. You know, I had, had lunch last week with some good friends of mine. Uh, they came up, Jim and Donna Blau. I think they also saw Giovanni and Nicole, too. And uh, they had their son, <coughs> Joel, with them. And I, I know Jim. Uh, he was Jeanette's first Bible talk leader when I wasn't a disciple. <coughs> He's the first Christian I could stand being around. <coughs> um, that must have been, that was the Holy Spirit, too. But, you know, since then, they, they've had several children. One of their sons <coughs> is a uh, high-functioning autistic, I guess, is writer <coughs> or, uh, anyways, that, but uh, he, so he is uh, institutionalized and lives with them on weekends and periodically. He's in his mid-30s. You know, we knew Joel when he was in the high chair eating food, right? But, you know, what, what Jim is an amazing overflowing of the spirit and how he takes care of his son. You know, we get we're on Joel's list. Joel's fun because he writes cards, birthday cards, obviously with Jim and Donna's help. So we get I get a birthday card. Jeanette gets a birthday card. We get a Father's Day card, a Mother's Day card. I don't know what other cards we get. <clears throat> You know, from Joel, handwritten, and I, I keep them all because it's a reminder of the Spirit, not just in Joel, but in his family, taking care of him. You know, Jim was the evangelist that led our work to India. You know, he's certainly a powerful, effective man for God, but God's decided to use him in a different way 
um, you know, than maybe what he originally thought. And it's interesting when I was talking with Jim, he said, you know, God wants your life to be an example. You just don't always get to choose what you're going to be an example in. You know, and that's the challenge of it is maybe you're in hardship right now because the Holy Spirit has decided that I or that you need to be an example where you are of trusting in God, and relying on his spirit, even in the circumstance that you didn't pick, that I didn't pick, you know, and and have a smile on your face. That's what kills me. Jim always has a smile on his face and he's always one step ahead of me thinking about what he's going to do for God. And so I'm, I'm encouraged. You know, I'm just happy to get to have a little bit of that spirit rub off on me. It's inspiring to me. You know, if you look in uh, Romans, um, continue on verse 12. It says, uh, therefore, brothers, we have an obligation, but it's not to the simple nature to live according to it. For if you live according to the simple nature, you'll die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you'll live. Because those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive a spirit that makes you a slave again to fear, but you received the spirit of sonship. Soak that in for just a second. You received the spirit of sonship from God. You're, a, you're not just the son of a person, you're the son of God. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we're children, then we're heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his suffering in order that we may also share in his glory. I'm a child of God. Amen. Amen. You know, I'm a child of my father, but I'm a child of God. You know, I have an obligation to live according to that spirit. Just like when I was in my father's household, when I was a little kid, I had to do what he said, but I reaped the benefit. You know, we lived in Alaska. It was stinking cold up there. He actually gave us heat, you know, and we didn't freeze at night. And I'm trying to do the same thing for my family here. But, you know, because I'm a son of God, I'm not a slave to fear. You know, I get to call God Abba, you know, and I'm sure you've heard this before. That means something like daddy in Aramaic, right? You know, they, they took the time to put it in here and in the scripture just to remind you that that wasn't really what you typically called God. You didn't call God daddy. You know, in fact, in the Hebrew teachings and in the, in, the, uh, in, the, in the Jewish teachings, you didn't call God anything. You didn't say his name, much less ever say daddy. You know, and you have been gone from being someone who can't even think about addressing God, someone who is lost in sin, someone who is following the sinful nature, to someone who gets to call God Daddy. You think if you ask your father for something to eat, he'll give you a stone? No. Even us human fathers know we shouldn't do that. How much more God, who put his spirit in you, wants to do good for you? You know, how do you know... Which children belong to which parent? You know, is there any doubt that Emmett belongs to the Hollies? You know, I mean, not not by how he looks or the donut pictures or any of that, but, you know, he just chooses to sit where they sit. You know, everybody could be saying, hey, come here. But when Larry says, hey, come here, you know, he better perk up his ears and follow it. You can look and see that the father looks out for the child and the child looks to the father. See, we're heirs of God, you know. You know, being an heir of anybody is good. You ever get an inheritance? I mean, it's awful to lose that person, perhaps, you know, yes. 
But, you know, getting an inheritance is sort of cool. Now, so you read the back of Revelations, you read about the streets of gold and all those things. You're an heir of that. You're one of the kids. You're going to get a piece of heaven. If, oh wait, what's it say? Verse 17 down there. If, indeed, we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. So right now, you might have be having to share in some suffering. You know, because eventually you're going to, well, already you already are heir. Eventually you'll realize that reward, that heavenly reward. You know, if we go on in, in verse 26, Romans 8 is great. You know, I, did, I left out as much as I could um, and still get done in a reasonable amount of time. But uh, go back and spend some more time in there because it's really awesome. You know, so it says here in Romans 8 that in the same way the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know we ought to pray, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. Uh, and, he search, and he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for the saints in accordance with God's will. <clears throat> you know, what are your weaknesses? There are things that you're weak in. Well, that was deep, right? The things that you worry about, things that aren't going the way you want them to go. He intercedes for us and searches our hearts when we can't even say what's troubling us. He helps us to pray when we can't or we don't even know what to pray. Um, you know, I think that that's, um, you know, being open to the spirit. You know, as I was talking earlier, I jumped ahead. I these are here the notes that I should have been I should have done a little bit ago. Um, but, you know, I, I even had a thing this week continuing on this idea of being open to the Holy Spirit. You know, I think it was Liz sent an email to Chandra. Is there anybody that could help teach financial peace uh, for army families? And she sent it to me. And I said, you know, in my mind, I think I've got a billion things to do right now. I, have no, I don't even have one second. Like, I have days at work where I come down. At the end of the day, I realize I work at home. I haven't shaved yet. I haven't brushed my teeth, you know. But, you know, when I hear that, well, you know, I have, I have taught financial peace ten times. That's, you know, that's what, 90 weeks of it. Um, yeah. You know, I, I, I did spend four years in the Army as a young family who couldn't pay their bills because they needed a budget. So, you know, I said, well, okay, uh, you know, to Liz, you know, tell me, you know, let's, let's look at more about it, right? Uh, you know, i got to be open to the Holy Spirit. Yeah. You know, I think the Holy Spirit doesn't just work in the, you know, the Christian domain stuff. I think it works in everything. Right. So if, I, if I'm going to be praying to meet some people, have impact on people's lives, then I should open my heart to being able to meet some people and have impact on their lives. Yeah. You know, <laughs> and, you know, maybe it's not what I chose, but, you know, I think God is awesome that way. He leads us into things that are bigger than we can ask or imagine. Um, so I'm trying to look at my clock here. Okay. So uh, I want to just hit on these next couple of things briefly. Um, it's a big passage of 1 Corinthians 2.12 through 16. I think the, the uh, thing I want to underline here is that the things that we know and do are foolishness to the world. You know, because they don't understand them because they're spiritually discerned. The spiritual man makes judgments because he has the mind of Christ. So if we're open to the Holy Spirit, if we're staying in step with the Spirit, then you have the mind of Christ. And sometimes when you discern things that way, other people look at you go in the world and say, that's just crazy. That's, that's foolish. And maybe that's a sign that you're right. Don't always think the world thinking you're foolish means you're wrong. Sometimes it means you're right. You yeah. know, but also, 
you know, we have the opportunity, it says here in Ephesians, to pray in the Spirit. You know, uh, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the saints. Let the Spirit work in when we pray. <clears throat> you know, look for what righteousness, righteousness having a right relationship with God, look what our relationship with Jesus is leading us to, and pray that the Spirit takes you there. Be alert. You know, pray for the saints. That's code word for other disciples. Pray for other disciples. Um, and now you've got some insight. Maybe they can show me something that I need to know to be more like Jesus. Maybe there's something that I can show them to help them be more like Jesus. Maybe they need something that God's decided that I'm the way that's going to get met. Or maybe they're going to meet something in my life that I hadn't planned on, but it's... Pray for that. Pray for that connection. You know, pray that... You know, this is a great verse. You know, a great reminder, don't get drunk on wine. Okay? You know, there's a reason why spirits are called spirits, why alcoholic beverages are called spirits. Um, it, maybe this guy just says, don't do that. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Sing to one another, speak to one another, encourage one another. Again, back to what I said earlier. Are you overfilled? Have you got too much Holy Spirit in you? You know, mm, that's convicting to me. Um, you know, I, I, I tend to be one who is much more analytical. I tend to not be the billowy, you know, you know, whatever, whatever you want to characterize someone who's full of the Holy Spirit. You know, I want to change that. I think the Spirit needs to work more in our lives. We need to work on encouraging each other more, being more filled with the Spirit, being more joyful, more encouraged, more outgoing, and on and on. We need to work on stuffing ourselves with the Holy Spirit. Yeah. You know, don't stuff yourselves on food. Certainly don't stuff yourselves on wine. But do stuff yourselves on the Holy Spirit. That is okay. You know, and I think, you know, I want to just come in and land here a little bit on getting this Holy Spirit. Where do you get that Holy Spirit? You know, in Acts, you know, we read here it says in verse 36, Acts 2, Therefore let all Israel be assured of this, God has made this Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. When the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the other apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? Peter replied, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and all who are far off, all whom the Lord our God will call. You know, they were cut to the heart. They said, what are we going to do? What should we do? And he said, repent and be baptized so that you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. You know, there were, there were even people in that time, you know, so the gift of the Holy Spirit, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, the counselor that we talked about, you know, not, not a miraculous outpouring of the Holy Spirit like we see occasionally in the Old Testament and the New, but this counselor that's going to be with every single one of us forever uh, that will never depart from us. You know, it was so clear to them that over in Acts 19, when uh, Paul was talking with uh, folks here, it says, when Apollos was in Corinth, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. There he found some disciples and asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? They answered, no, we never even heard that there's a Holy Spirit. And so what did Paul do? He said, oh, what kind of baptism did you receive? John's baptism, they replied. Paul said John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. He told the people to believe in the one coming after him, that is, in Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized into the name of the Lord Jesus. 
If you're looking for the Holy Spirit, you don't know why He's not in your life and you've never been baptized as a disciple of Jesus, maybe you should take a look at Acts 19 and think, you know, apply the same analysis to your life that Paul applied uh, to these folks in Corinth, right? I like to call it the first, well, anyways, I won't tell you what I like to call it, but um, <clears throat> we'll move on. But, um, you know, very clear, you know, because what, what God did with the Holy Spirit, Ephesians 1, is that we, we were included in, in the truth, included in Christ, when you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, having believed you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who's a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance still the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. You know, God put a deposit on us. You know, we bought a house recently. You know, funny enough, they wanted a deposit. We gave them a deposit. You know, just so they could be comfortable that come the end of August, we'd actually show up and take the house that they had you know, decided to give to us. God, in a similar and much more powerful way, has put a a deposit in us, on us, in his, with His Holy Spirit. In fact, when you look at James, James says, this is a revised standard, in your, in your NIV it might be in a footnote, but it's the idea that God yearns jealously for the Spirit that He's made to dwell in you. See, God, at your baptism, put His Holy Spirit in you. And He's watching you to see, are you living by the Spirit? Are you letting the Spirit lead you? Are you staying in step with the Spirit? Because God wants you to be in step with Him. God is so excited anytime we take a little bit of the Spirit and let it sink in and let it affect us. He's awesome. He sent His Son to die for us as a blameless sacrifice for our sins. He took away the fear of death and He gave us a Spirit of God that lives in us as a guarantee that we are going to get to be with Him for eternity. You know, our choice today is to decide, are we going to live by the Spirit? Are we going to crucify the sinful nature? Are we going to let God's Spirit take us home? Amen. Let us go with Him for eternity. And Amen. Amen. Let's pray. God, it's uh, just great to be in Your Word right now. Father, I pray that You really walk with us right now. Help your spirit to have a a lifelong and eternal impact on our hearts. We're so grateful for your kingdom. So grateful for this opportunity to be together. We love you. Just thank you for this time. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen.